and unfortunately we have one of those litter maids and I guess one of the cats must have just been in there so all of a sudden you're like Hey everybody, welcome to the Relics of War podcast. Um, I'm not really sure what episode of the podcast this is, but I can tell you the date. No, I can't. I've forgotten the date. Well, crap. Do you know the date, sir? Uh, let's see. Today is the 22nd of February. Ah, okay. And that date-savvy person you people just heard is John Stummy, lead content designer of Guild Wars. How are you doing, man? I am doing pretty good. I am happy to be back here on the show after sabotaging several episodes behind the scenes. <laughs> Yep, you have a whole lot of stink about that. It's been good times. But uh, yeah, so uh, today we're having a focus on the Embark Beak. Em- Embark Beak? What? Embark Beak, em- yes. There will be a lot of MOAs involved. <laughs> the Embark Beach Patch. There, I got that out just right. Okay, so, um, and as a summary for people that are, have no idea what that's supposed to be, it's something that has been talked about as kind of, I think most people understand it as either this the seven hero patch or they understand it as the central hub patch <laughs> so uh guess we'll just hop right into it then um uh the first question we had lined up for you is would you say that embark beach is more likely to satisfy the diehard guild wars players or could it be something that draws in new players or re- even reinvigorates the retired ones well i think the number of things that we're hitting in this patch are definitely going to appeal to a broader audience because uh quality of life improvements are kind of a big thing that we had as a theme going forward with this build um there's definitely going to be a lot of things there that i think are going to catch the interest of people that played formerly and there's going to be a lot for them to come back um definitely a lot of improvements for the people that are still with us and still playing uh, and seeing as how we've also got stuff that touches all the way back to, say, the tutorial areas like pre-searing, uh, there's even going to be something for new people coming in that are excited about, hey, what's all this stuff that's going on with Guild Wars as they're waiting for GW2 to come out? Nice. So I'll kind of go out of the whole uh, the, the lineup that I have and instead take your little segue there and say, what is going on with pre-searing then? <laughs> uh, so... In pre-searing, we're going to be having a visit from an old familiar face. Uh, People are probably familiar with her right now as Captain Langmar, but back then she was just Lieutenant Langmar. Um, She'll be showing up and bringing along with her. There's uh, nine new daily quests that will be happening in pre-searing. These are kind of cool because they do some different things than what our quests normally do. Uh, Namely, they'll be looking at the level of the person that's taking the quest and they will scale themselves based on three tiers relevant to your level. That way that these daily quests stay relevant uh, on your way up to 20. Um, It also scales, uh, scales not just the difficulty, but also the rewards that go along with it. Um, This is something that we're putting in uh, to make it so people can get the Legendary Defender of Ascalon title without having to take advantage of a weird sort of loophole that exists in the game. Because for a really long time now, in order, the only way to get the title is after you reach a certain point, you can no longer get experience from normal enemies in pre-searing. You have to go on uh, out to the Northlands and you need to get some char over the Red Shrine and have them kill you endlessly over and over until they're actually worth experience to you again, and then kill them, and then repeat the process, uh, which is less than desirable for a title, I should think. 
uh, you know, it kind of feels a little silly for saying I am legendary defender and well, what did you do to earn that? Uh, I died constantly. <laughs> um, so this actually lets people play the game in order to get the title. It's a little more straightforward. Uh, and because they're daily in nature, it doesn't devalue the accomplishment from people that have spent a considerable amount of time getting this title previously. And hopefully it's just a more enjoyable experience now as well. Yeah, I always hear people talking to me about pre-searing because um, sometimes I'll criticize it as people listen to the show now. Um, but what this does is it actually takes pre-searing Ascalon where the lore is actually very, it's pretty immersive. Yeah. And I like the fact that that can actually give people something to do on their pre-searing character. Yeah, and um, going along with that, uh, we added in another familiar face. Kim as a historian is making an appearance in pre-searing. He will be on hand to dedicate titles. If you have access to uh, the Hall of Monuments on your account, then he can take five titles and dedicate those for you from pre-searing. Uh, and those include Legendary Defender of Ascalon, uh, the Drunkard title, the Sweet Tooth title, um, the Party Animal title, and the Survivor title, which are all titles that you can get in pre-searing this way. Uh, if you have a character that is permanent pre and you get one of those major accomplishments like Legendary Defender, whereas before you would have had to have taken all that work and then left to go out and dedicate it, now you can just stay there where it's pretty and autumn forever. That's nice. <laughs> and uh, speaking of that, then, we, there's a lot of speculation on the Survivor title. It's looking as though we may be able to gain the Survivor title on characters that have died. Is that true? That is correct. Um, the change that's happening with the Survivor title is it functions basically the same as it does previously. The only difference now is if you die, it resets your progress back to zero and it keeps whatever your current best was. So for example, if I reached uh, tier one, that would continue to display in my titles list. But in order to go past tier one, I would have to pass that progress so you still have to earn the same amount of experience in one life. It just gives you another try because uh, by the time the title was added, many, 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 many people had already been playing Guild Wars for a long time with prophecies, and they have a lot of characters that just never had a chance to try for that title. Uh, along with that, there's a lot of people that are just adversely affected by freak luck, you know, bad luck. You get a lag spike, you get a disconnect. A tornado hits a power line directly outside of your house and throws around little dogs and witches. Just something <laughs> bad happens and you lose your title and all of that work is just kind of gone. And some people just delete that character because that's all it was. And you don't want to see people throwing away that much work. Um, and hopefully uh, another side effect I would hope to get out of this is it takes some of the overwhelming stress off of getting the title because Survivor is one of those things where it kind of goes against the flow of the gameplay a bit in that it's a title that is tracked for an individual in a game that's based around groups. So as one person, if you're like, oh my god, this is a bad situation, and you bail on your party, uh, survivors kind of get a bad rap with the community because they think they're just going to bail at a moment's notice because that's kind of what they had to do or risk starting all over again. You know, Now that they have another chance at it, um, hopefully that eliminates or alleviates some of the stigma that and it promotes the uh the monk to have a little bit of fun okay so who's going for survivor today <laughs> okay you get priority on heels 
Well, that is if you have a very atypical monk player, I guess. Most of them would be like, eh, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. That is good news. Um, As far as titles go, uh, being a, a Cabernet lover myself, but not much of an in-game drunkard, what can we borrachos expect in the game? So other titles uh, that we will be changing. Uh, aforementioned Drunkard is one of those titles. Uh, it'll be now working like some of our other titles do, where uh, when you use the, the item, you get the points for it. And previously, uh, different types of alcohol were worth different amounts of points. And we had this really convoluted system that when you explain it to people, you're like, what does that even mean? That if this is worth X number of points, it brings you up to a certain tier of drunkenness. And when you're past tier three, you start accruing points for every minute, but your tiers degrade by minute. So in order to actually max out the title, people had to come up with this convoluted system of staying at what is the optimum for gaining points for this. And it mm. ended up taking about seven days worth of real time uh, in pretending to be inebriated. And it's just not really ideal. It was supposed to be kind of a silly one-off title, but now that people really want to get something like that, you don't want to ask them, hey, give up seven days of your life trying to do this. Um, making it a click-through just makes it a lot more friendly. And you know, if people want it to be a gold sink, then by all means, have fun getting your title. Um, another one that goes along with that, uh, does it, uh, if, like right now, you kind of have to shoot for getting liver disease, where you have to yes. take the drink and wait a certain amount of time, take a drink, wait. Uh, is there any going to be any change to that? Um, so it'll function uh, still exactly the same. Like you'll keep your drunkenness that lasts over a certain amount of time. Uh, it's just that won't be necessary for keep, or progressing the title anymore. It'll just be as you consume it, uh, you get the points. So if you really wanted to, you can click, 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 click. Uh, just Awesome. Just beware of, uh, you know, getting arthritis or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so now it becomes more like your 21st birthday than getting liver disease at age 55. Exactly. And that might explain why I just lost my thought before. Very nice. Yeah, I had no mind to go for uh, to go for that title, uh, you know, before. I just didn't have the time. But with that change right there, I think I will because I've been getting a lot of booze in-game. Yeah, I'm like people like having to do weird things with like crossing zone borders in order to try and like min max the amount of time you spend on it. And it's like when you get to the point where people are finding weird workarounds in the game to get something, then there's an issue and it needs to be addressed because, you know, people aren't having fun with it the way that it is. Yeah. World of Warcraft. <clears throat> <laughs> what? Uh, okay. So, um, now to the big meat of what a lot of people are expecting out of Embark Beach, you know, is actually Embark Beach. So let's talk about that place. Um, what will Embark Beach's effect on commuting through Guild Wars be? Will it affect intercontinental travel or interportal travel? So the way Embark Beach is set up is you have one outpost that's in the Battle Isles. And in that outpost, there are specifically four NPCs that you can talk to that represent each of the campaigns. Um, they can take you to any outpost that a mission starts from. So basically, you have almost the entire world covered there, because if you can't get to the explorable or the mission that you're trying to get to from there, uh, it's usually really close nearby or just a you know, map travel away. The big thing that this does is it gives you a central location for if you're looking to either help someone do something or be helped with something, you have a lot of people that are just 
you know, we're all together and it's like, hey, I'm actually trying to do this. There's no one in the outpost. Can someone help out with this? And if you're just on hand where it's like, hey, I'm looking for something to do, you can go and help that person. And the other nice thing that we get out of this is because it's in a central location like this and it's taking you directly where you need to go, you don't have to deal with the weirdness of sometimes if you want to get from point A to point B, you have to go through a medium that is a different party size than where you're trying to get to, which splits the party up. And then you have to say, okay, guys, we'll reconvene at this outpost in this district, go, uh, which is kind of obnoxious. So this just gives you one central place where you can do your grouping and leave from there. Uh, along with that, there's a lot of NPCs that are in the specific areas because it's kind of broken up. It's like, here's the Canton themed area, here's the Alona area, and then we have Prophecies, Eye of the North, and then the landing area down by the docks. Each of those areas have a full range of service NPCs. So if you're just getting ready to set out or if you're coming back, uh, pretty much anything you need to do, you can take care of there. So it should be pretty convenient. And on the other side of things, for any place that Embark Beach can send you to, uh, the outpost that you would land in, there's a Zaishen scout there now that can send you back. So if you're playing along just the, the main story path of the game for the first time and you hit a point where it's like, hey, I can't get past this and there's no one on hand to help, you can go talk to the Zaishan scout that's already there and he'll just send you straight to Embark Beach. So it's easy to get from there and back. Oh, that is nice. Um, how are we, how is that going to look as far as the UI goes for traveling between areas when you're in Embark Beach, I should say? Uh, so you'll go and talk to the NPCs for each area and they have dialogue trees that'll say, you know, these are the areas that need help. And basically they'll break it down by region and then from region to outpost. So it's just a super quick conversation tree that'll just send you and your party there. Oh, so kind of like what your quest log looks like. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, that's cool. Okay, and here's the big question that I had is, where was this at? Will we get to add seven heroes to our party? Yes, yes you will. And it's, it's nice that things have come full circle because the first time we talked about this was also the first time we talked. Yeah, so, okay. Um, in that case, someone was asking something about this. Oh, uh, is it only from Embark Beach that you can add seven heroes, or is it anywhere after that? Aside from, like, Comedon, where there's oh, four. They will function basically exactly the same as heroes do right now. It's just we've literally upped the cap on it. So anywhere that you could have added them before, you can add them up to your max party size. You don't have to do it through Embark Beach. Nice. I'll allow it. The only, um, the only real restrictions that we've put on the additional heroes is they follow the all flag as opposed to, you know, your compass now has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven on it. Um, just because you don't want to get to the point where one player can effectively micromanage an entire party, you still want to have some benefits for people grouping with each other. And the fact that you can coordinate with each other more effectively is one of those compelling reasons. But just being able to have seven is already a really big thing, especially when you get into content where, uh, say, like in the War and Krita, you have content that's level 20 and above, you know, in terms of difficulty, and the henchmen that are there are level 10. You know, just being able to bring guys that are level 20 with builds that you want is already a huge thing. And it's also kind of compelling, not just for people that are, you know, they want to play solo, but also for people that really like making builds. Being able to have control over an entire eight-man build is going to be something fun to mess around with. Oh, yeah. And speaking of the flags, so you said 
they all follow the all flag, but like the first three still have their individual flags. Yeah, you can still control the first three originally um, the same way you can before. It's just the the four that come after will follow all. Okay, that's cool. Um, a question that kind of goes beyond that is: Will we see any new heroes, storyline, or lore with Embark Beach? Um, well, you'll sort of be seeing new heroes when Embark Beach comes out, which is, I guess, is something we're going to be talking about in a little bit here. Um, there is a little bit of storyline behind Embark Beach in that, you know, this is the Zaishen is taking on a more active role in the world. You know, there is a great number of problems that are plaguing the different continents, and there is still worse to come, as I'm sure people that are following uh, not just Guild Wars, but Guild Wars 2 know. And, mm-hmm. you know, they realize things are going to get really bad. You know, we need to bring people together and get them working together in order to face these threats if we're going to have any chance. Um, so you'll be seeing a story in there to the effect of that. Okay, yeah. So basically, most of the story is actually still coming up in the... Is it called Winds of Change? Can we talk about that? Yeah, it is called Winds of Change. Okay. Um, which is another one of our projects that we've been working on. Um, I have been writing that one out and Andrew has been doing an amazing job of spawning those and putting it together. Uh, That's another big one that I am really looking forward to seeing that one go out. Yeah. Yeah. We're all looking forward to that. I I think some people more than me, I'm actually kind of a a nub when it comes to the, to the lore, (laughs) but uh, okay. That helps us to nail down that Embark Beach is more of a functionality patch than anything. Yeah, it's there's definitely stuff to make it fit in the world, so it's not just like, hey, you know, here's this thing without any context. You know, you want to make sure that something belongs, but uh, by and large, a lot of this stuff is going to be improvements for the game itself, and a lot of the story stuff will be coming after. Yeah. Okay, um, as far as uh, the UI goes then, and flagging and all that, random question, what about uh, minions? Because some people are seeing some weird things happen with minions in the UI. <laughs> yeah, um, when we're working with a build that is as big as Embark Beach is, there are a lot of files that we're changing. And, you know, when we put stuff live uh, for patches like we did with the Dervish, sometimes things slip through. So people have probably noticed that uh, some things like summoning minions show up on their party bar. Uh, what this actually is, is a little bit of a side effect of a cool feature that's going with Embark Beach, which is Minion UI, which is, it's a separate panel. You can bring up a uh, default hotkey is Y. Um, when you bring it up, if you are a necromancer, if you've got minions, these will show up on that bar exclusively. Um, these are your minions, so it's now easier to keep track of their health um, when their enchantments are expiring, if they've got conditions on them, which you know previously, this was something you had to do by either watching them and looking or it's like oh this one's almost dead need to heal this one or you know cycling through them and it's just kind of you know not very fun which is why a lot of people relegate that you know, minion mancer role to heroes because the ai is coldly efficient at it and they don't have to deal with it it's kind of a hassle um in putting this in in testing we've realized it's like wait a second it's actually it's kind of fun to play a minion master again, which, you know, that's good. <laughs> yeah, so we might actually see some uh, minion masters running around with healing seed. Yeah. Man, that, that brings me back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd actually be a big number storm and you're not even a monk. <laughs> Mercenary heroes. What is that about? 
Mercenary Heroes is, this is kind of the big exciting one for this build. Um, it's our new microtransaction item. Um, basically what people are buying in the store is you're buying a slot. Uh, that slot can then be filled with a mercenary hero. When what a mercenary hero is, is you're basically making a character, uh, making a hero out of one of your player characters. Um, so you can go and talk to a mercenary registrar, like in uh, Great Temple of Balthazar or the major towns. And, you know, if your character is level 20, then you have a slot available. They can take an image of that character and turn it into a hero. Uh, it preserves their appearance. It preserves the armor that they're wearing. Uh, it keeps their name and it keeps their profession. So, you know, if you want to, uh, not only is this just a cool way of having exactly the kind of heroes that you want, because, you know, not everyone likes Norgu running around with them. Or, <laughs> you know, like me personally, I can't stand Centaur. I would like to wipe them all out. So, hey, maybe I can get a more awesome Elementalist now. Um, so, you know, you can have a cool looking party running around. And also, uh, if you want to have a build combination that isn't possible with the heroes that you've gotten through the story, then technically using mercenary heroes, you can have any kind of party you want. So if I buy a slot, will I, once I put a character in that, can I decide on put a new one in there instead later? Yeah, a slot is literally just saying that this is a space for a mercenary hero. If you want to re-roll it, you can do that as many times as you want. It's not like consumed on use or anything like that. Oh man, that is nice. And see, the, the problem there is that... Uh, Martin Kirstein, curse you! I gotta, I gotta embargo this whole uh, production for a week, <laughs> and I want to tell people all about that. Instead, I'm going to be getting in the game, as I was telling John earlier. And people will say something about how, oh, you know, I, I could really use another mesmer, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, you could, you could definitely use one. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, like a, another nice thing about this is it's kind of also a compelling reason for people to work on their alts. You know, because it's like, man, you know, I would really like to have another one of these, but wouldn't it be awesome if they had this armor? And, you know, it's another reason to get in there and play the game, which is always awesome in my book. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, and uh, for the last question then, um, when is this expected to release? Let's see, we are going to be going out first Thursday of March, which should be March 3rd, unless I have completely spaced on time and numbers <laughs> that sounds about right because that's when i was asked to hold the show until so that's what sounds about right so all the people that are listening to this podcast right now are actually probably going oh dude and going to log in right now like, screw this podcast i want to hear i want to go play this or you know they can be nice and they can leave it playing in the background while they're logging in that way everybody wins yeah yeah that's probably the best idea because then when they go to actually like flag their heroes they're like where's four through seven <laughs> well, continue listening, my son. Actually, if they're at this point, they've already heard that. What a useless part of the conversation this has become. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's awesome, then. Uh, this is all very good news. Yeah, I am super excited to see this one go out. This is a really big build for us, which is saying something coming off of the Dervish, which was already a very big build. But... Embark Beach, I think, really sets the tone for the rest of the year, which is one of the things that I was looking for it to do. Um, this is kind of the first build that I've been able to put out that is all stuff I've wanted to do from start to finish. It's not uh, tying up old storylines or finishing this or that. So it's kind of like, hey, this is this is what you can look forward to. I also um, want to make sure to 
call out um, what other people are doing because a lot of people have put a lot of work into this build. Um, Andrew Patrick is the one who has written up and spawned the pre-searing quests. Um, Mercenary Heroes, uh, the original design documentation, the idea that is Robert G. Uh, he has worked very close with Joe Kimmas, who is our superstar programmer that makes all of this stuff happen. So, you know, we're not just a bunch of crazy, crazy people sitting in a room being like, man, wouldn't it be sweet if we could do this? Be like, yeah, it'd be totally sweet. <laughs> so Bill and Ted. <laughs> oh, station. Well, cool, man. Um, yeah, I appreciate this time. Uh, I hope this actually, uh, livens up the Guild Wars customer base. You can, you can buy, like, all the campaigns and stuff on Steam for, like, 40 bucks right now, right? Yeah, I think so. That's about right. Yeah. So, that's, that's a good little amount of pimpage I did there, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're the, a lot of people are gonna be pretty active after this one. I know we've, uh, we've definitely already started poking the, the hornet's nest a bit with the Dervish update, which is, it's always good, you know, even though, like, look at the forums right now, and people are arguing about this and arguing about that, you know, some people, like, really like this, really like that, and even for the people that are like, ah, it's like, a, I don't like this at all, the thing is, it, it's kind of a, uh, it's sort of a harmonious cacophony, is I guess how I'd put it. Um, our community is something like, uh, you know, not to go all rosebud on people here, but it's a little bit like a <laughs> snow globe, you know. You shake it up every now and then, and then you just really get to appreciate its brilliance because, you know, like the, the Dervish has done a fantastic job of, you know, people are getting in there and they're rediscovering something that's entirely new and, you know, they're arguing about it and debating about it and going out and finding, well, this is the new build that works now and have you tried this and have you tried that? And, you know, it's, it's an exciting time again, which, you know, I really am looking forward to continue making more of those moments. Well, especially with the changes to the title system that you got going here, this will this will liven things up because everybody, in the interest of their Guild Wars two Hall of Monuments, they're really going to be coming back just so they can you know nail a few more titles on some characters. Yeah, well, and, I know I will. Yeah, and hopefully this is making it a bit more appealing, making it a bit easier. Um, oh yeah, that's something I totally spaced on. Um, Zaishan vanquishes. Uh, Thinking of titles, because uh, oh yeah, yeah, those... I skipped that question. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we both spaced on it. Man, going back to the alcohol. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, John Stummy, any changes to the Zaishin system coming up? Yeah, uh, in Embark Beach, uh, we have added Zaishin vanquishes are now available, much like we've had Zaishin missions and Zaishin bounties. And speaking of, while I'm at it, you know. Uh, instead of just being content to, let's, hey, let's add a Vanquish quest for every area in the game, why not add some of the things that we're missing for the others? Because I know uh, Pogon Passage was always kind of a glaring omission from the previous Zeishan missions. Um, that's in there now. Um, Freezy was also added to Zeishan Bounties, because that was the only dungeon that wasn't covered by a bounty before, so um, it's a little bit more robust, and hopefully plenty of things for people to kill now. <laughs> Very nice. I think I see more vanquishing going on with our guild right now. Like when people are just looking for something to do. It seems like vanquish is always what they go to do. It'd be nice to get some coin out of that while we're at it. Yeah, it's a nice extra incentive to 
you know, get people to do it and also get people to help each other do it because now you've got a little bit more direction. It's like, oh, these are the ones that we can do now. Let's go do those rather than, oh, there's three continents and then some. Um, where do we start? Yeah. Yeah, plus then everybody has the same vanquish to do, which is usually a problem. Yeah, it's like for the... Uh, the people that are grouping, it's like it gives you focus. And for the people that aren't grouping, well, you've got seven heroes to help you vanquish. I'm sure that's going to be plenty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that looks like it covers it. So, uh, yes. Yeah, we're all good. Okay. Well, I appreciate you uh, doing this for us. Yeah, it was fun being back again. And we will take all of what we talked about here and we will uh, put it in written form as well on the show. So people who want to copy and paste it somewhere on blogs and forums, spread the good news. Go ahead and check the relicsofwar.com f- uh, front page. Or if it's been a really long time, you can just search our blog, I guess, for this blog post. And I also want to point out that we're going to be played out. <clears throat> yeah, here to play us out today. What? I can't read that. What does that say? <laughs> Freaking thing sucks. Okay. Uh, but playing us out is a good high school friend of mine named Matt Nassie. Uh I've played his music on the show before. They got a new a new song out. So, by gum, I'm taking advantage of this awesome interview to also pimp my friend. Well done. From my worth is an area of shaded gray. speculating on that one last week so i was listening in <laughs> I, I am not a geek for saying these are not the droids you're looking for i am <laughs> i'm interviewing you in colbert style that would be funny <laughs> stummy it's an honor for you to be interviewed by me do the blue screen challenge i pulled up all these sound bites and i'm not really sure i can make use of any of them <laughs> Hi, it's Fitz with Might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the reaper. <laughs> they they mailed them to me. <laughs> like just have a random moment where you just slip out of it and you're like, did you just. Uh, sorry, it's just I've been in the country so long, sometimes, you know, I feel like I'm picking up on the people around me. Did a sound American to you? This thing, I'm actually here doing a character study for a part I'm playing in a very high-profile movie back home. Ah, oh, now what's that word that you wrote in the notes? Is that bur- bah, screw it. I don't really care about the gold verse anymore. Just want to go outside and toss around some cabbers. <laughs> cabbers. In my kilt. <laughs> in my kilt. 
It's the only way to prove that you're the loneliest of men is to go outside and you find the biggest, strongest tree you can and you cut it down with your bare hands and you threw it because you can. <laughs> that is beautiful. Down with this sort of thing. The other guy has a sign. Careful now. Down with this sort of thing. Careful now. My name is Tracy Jordan. Hi, Mr. Jordan. Well, this reminds me of another carpenter who had a lot of kooky ideas about French and loving everyone. Oh, you're talking about Jesus. No, I'm talking about Miguel. We move on past With It's time for the weekly mashup. This is where we play you the best bits from previous episodes because you were too busy. Oh my goodness, you mean some people don't even listen to every episode. The only possible excuse this week is because you were too busy with your five-man dervish godway team and didn't eat your cake. Guild Wars, Guild Wars 2, or Guild Wars Community Bollocks. Well, either way, my virgin ears will never recover. I play Guild Wars, did you know that? It's like, if everyone was nice on the internet, there'd be no fun in it at all. Don't you guys kill seals there, though? <laughs> what? That's Isn't there, way. like, a, a seal industry or something? Oh, no! That's, that's Canada! Canada. <laughs> hey, guys, let's make a guild called the Seal Clubbing Clubbing Club. Okay, so, enough of this international I was gonna say, let's stop before we offend someone else. I'm gonna start a fire. Transmutation stones. Bring it on. <laughs> well, since you put it that way, I'm totally against it. <laughs> God, arena net! What was that you said? Irrelevant Canadian? I'm guessing Christian says that they're gonna put on their wizard robe and wizard hat and town. <laughs> I'm a single male, so it's like people are gonna be like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My mm -hmm. biggest, like, irritation is that I really, really want it, and I just can't get it. I, I almost said that like Stewie. Gonna, gonna integrate with guild fans a little bit, yep. We've gotta be a piss take. You see what he sat there? Normal clothes? That's not right. I don't know, it's like... Fat Ryan sat there, butt naked, spreading. Oh, blah, 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 blah. That was the fakest piece of video I've ever seen on the internet. Even faker than that double rainbow stuff. Everything sounds great, and I appreciate the absence of. Not a day. Actually, this episode might be um, a little bit of an exception. Yeah, we went and killed that. Peanut butter on your essence of celerity? That thing, it makes that face roll. It doesn't matter if enchantments are stripped or whatever. It's just like, ha ha, ha ha. Everybody's alive, look at this. I have no hands, no eyes. How small, full of gall, we can be. 